proof that anyone can have a sports show. Wow. <laughs> Electric booyah bass right from Jump Street. Adam Crowley. What's up, players? On ESPN Pittsburgh. Everyone's trying to figure out what the hell's going on with Phil Kessel. Why didn't he talk? What's the team think? Was he hurt? Was he not hurt? I've got all the answers. All of them. Mike Sullivan said this about Phil Kessel. Quote, he was dealing with bumps and bruises. It was nothing significant, I can tell you that. End quote. Josh Yowie said yesterday that some in the organization are definitely upset that Kessel puts his game's played streak ahead of the team at different points. One of which being this year when he was battling injury at the end of the season. He said that Kessel refused to sit at the end of last year even though Sullivan asked him to. Rutherford, though, yesterday at his press conference, said that Phil was dealing with some things that caught up with him. Here's how I know what they're thinking. Beyond being as brilliant as I am. Jim is as candid a general manager as you'll find in all of professional sports. If he's saying Phil's hurt, Phil was hurt. So just putting two and two together, Phil was hurt and it affected his playoff performance. Sullivan was pissed that he played so terribly in the playoffs, and not because he was hurt, but because he probably could have had time to get healthy and choose not to. So Sullivan wasn't going to give Phil the easy out. He's always trying to send a message, and that's the message that I received loud and clear. Phil's been a great playoff performer in Pittsburgh over the last two years, and it's hard for me to criticize him. In Toronto, he was ripped for not caring. He obviously cares. He put up 45 points in 49 playoff games coming into this season, and despite not playing well, still put up 9 and 12 this year. Trying ain't the problem. I'm not going to rip Phil for his want to. I'll never say that the guy doesn't try his hardest to play his game every time he's out there on the ice. In fact, it's a detriment to his game that he wants to always play through injuries. One of the reasons I got into this field was so that I could show some asshats from high school that I'm a badass. And I sure showed them. Afternoon drive on AM radio, baby. Woo! What are you doing with your life? I've been motivated by my haters. I think most of us are or can be. Phil wants to play through injury because his haters don't think he's tough enough. His haters think he's soft. So he says, F you. I've played 622 straight regular season games. I understand where he's coming from. But toughness can be twofold. You can be mentally tough and play through injury because you say, I'm not going to allow this to screw with me. Or you can be unselfishly tough and you can say, man, I could play through it, but it might hurt the team. Last year, Phil should have realized he was going to hurt the team if he kept playing. I think being unselfish is toughness. Not to go full hyperbole, but a firefighter running into a building with no care about himself is tough. We have one bathroom in our house. My wife and I have coffee at the same time in the morning. Unselfish toughness is allowing her to go when I could easily run outside and drop one on the deck. Putting anybody ahead of you can be a challenge. That's the challenge that I wish Phil would have tried to meet. Ben Roethlisberger's been known to come back a little too early from injuries. His numbers after he comes back aren't good, but he does it because he thinks he helps the team. A lot of the time, it doesn't. Mike Mitchell's played through injury in each of the last couple of years in Pittsburgh, and that's tough. I respect the hell out of the fact that the guy could do that and that he tried to do that. Unfortunately, though, 
when you have to cover that much ground and your groin is shot, you're not going to be the same player. It's going to be a detriment to your team more than it is a good thing. Sullivan was trying to send a message. And the message is, screw your haters, Phil. Take a knee, come back, play your heart out when the season really matters. Phil didn't speak to reporters yesterday, and he's getting killed left and right. He allowed the Pens brass to speak for him. I imagine that it would be hard for him to accept that message. Let's hope for the sake of the Pens, he learns that the team is more important than the streak. And he can still be tough even when he's sitting out a game. Josh Getzoff of the Penguins Radio Network is going to join me in about 12 minutes to talk about clean-out day and give his thoughts on Phil Kessel. I'm not going to criticize Phil for his play because Phil wasn't trying hard enough. I'm not going to criticize a guy who's hurt, who's not playing well. Where I will criticize Phil, though, is that he might not have needed to be hurt had he sat out when he should have in the end of the regular season. And the reason that I know that he was hurt is because the guy who's always candid said he was. And the guy who's always veiled, who's always trying to send a message, said he wasn't. I'll believe the candid guy. I'll bet the guy who's always sending a message is sending a message. And I hope Phil, one day, if he hasn't already, hears that message. Eric Harry here, reporting live from TPC Soundgrass in the Big Apple, Port Verde, Florida. Webb Simpson, six under your leader so far. Hopefully he can make that lead stick throughout the day. Phil Mickelson struggling a bit at plus two. I wouldn't expect Phil to talk to the media after this one. Tiger has spent more time in the woods today than he spends inside of a Denny's waitress. He's plus one right now. Hey, Adam. If you were playing at TPC Sawgrass, would you rather shoot six under or get your leg eaten by an alligator? And remember, keep it quiet. They're golfing. I'd rather shoot six under. Good point. Although I think both sides have a fair argument. Hey, one of my favorite parts of this course is the island green. I love islands, especially how they're surrounded by water. But I'm also terrified by them because I can't swim. Hey, Phillies beat the Giants six to three today. Back to you, Adam. I don't think Jim Rutherford's saying that Broussard's hurt only to make the Broussard trade look good. Rutherford said Broussard played with an injury that was, quote, very difficult to play with, and it occurred toward the end of the regular season. Made it difficult for him to play the way he's capable of. The reason that I believe Rutherford on Kessel is the same reason I believe Rutherford now with Broussard. Rutherford is candid. He is honest. In 2015, he traded Simone to pray for Ben Lovejoy and later said that he, quote, wouldn't make that trade today, end quote. Perhaps it was to motivate Lovejoy, but I think in the moment he regretted it. It all worked out for Lovejoy, but that's neither here nor there. Point is that Jim Rutherford is never afraid to make his mistakes. Whether through quotes or through the moves he makes, the dude is accountable. When he acquired David Perron, it seemed like a hell of a good move. The guy got off to a torrid start, and then it wound up not working out, so he flipped him for Carl Hagelin. The Ryan Reeves deal didn't work out, so he flipped him and other pieces in exchange for Derek Broussard. He signed Ilya Briskalov to a contract this offseason, and it didn't work, so he dumped him. In his first season as GM, he signed a bunch of guys to one-year deals, and... If they didn't work, he let them walk after the season. He's made mistakes, but he admits to them. Whether it's being blunt like he was talking about the Dupre deal, or whether he's 
getting rid of pieces he doesn't feel fit. Now, some have suggested that Rutherford is using the injury excuse with Derek Broussard to make his deal look better. I don't buy that. What I do buy is pretty much anything Rutherford is selling. If he says he's hurt, he's hurt. Josh Yowie had on good authority that he was dealing with a groin injury. It doesn't get worse than that for a hockey player. The true value of Broussard's deal wasn't going to be understood over the course of last season. It's what he does this upcoming season as well. Rutherford thought the Penguins had two chances to win the Cup with Derek Broussard. Rutherford does not feel like he made a mistake. Rutherford knows the dude was hurt. And I think the trade's still going to work out for the Penguins. They looked for a center all season long and during the offseason. They got him, and now it's not a concern heading into next year. And I thought Broussard played better his last couple of games. A full season of health before next year's playoffs, and I bet that guy's a big-time difference maker, and so does Rutherford. As always, I'll take him at his word. Josh Getzoff coming up in 7 here on the Crowley Show. Phil Mickelson looks absurd. I can't get over it. I'm kind of rushing through takes just so I can talk about Phil Mickelson. There's one other thing I don't like about golf. They'll play in teams for the Ryder Cup. Don't know why they don't play in teams all year round and put them in each city. Kind of like an NFL, NHL league. Damn right. With golf, though. That'd be so badass. That makes so much sense. With like four or five guys that represent your city oh, yeah. every outing. I like that, man. Yeah, you have a roster of like, I don't know, 10 guys and four guys go out on a given course. First team, second team kind of thing. Yeah. Going. yeah. Well, this guy's better on Lynx courses. This right. guy's better here. This guy's better there. I think it'd be fun. I'd watch. Yeah. I'd watch a hell of a lot more than I watch now. I only watch now when Tiger's playing. Then the cool thing is you'd have all these teams that you get the name now. You know, so you'd have all these cool names like, I don't know, um, what do you do? Like the Greenville Greens, you know? I like that. Something like that. Pittsburgh Irons. Nice. Yeah. That's a good one. Wisconsin Wedges. Ooh. I think that hits on multiple levels. Oh, it does. Cheese oh, Wedge. The Cheese. The, Damn right. The club. Yeah. The Delaware Divots. Yeah. Philadelphia Flop Shots. The Birmingham nice. Bunkers. Ooh. I think that'd be pretty cool. Seattle Sand. Oh, I was just going to say it's an Essence Sand. Oh, nice. Nice. Not bad. How about the San Diego Slice? Oh. <laughs> How about the Atlanta Amen's Corner? How about the San Francisco Terrible. Fade? Are we out? I don't know. The Minnesota Probably. Mulligans. Portland Putts? Yeah. Rochester Rough? Oh. Huh? Philadelphia Fairways. Nice. See, now we got a lead. Uh, I think we're rolling. I think major sponsors would get behind that. They would. Could you imagine the sports radio discussion? You know, you're like, yeah, I think Mickelson should be in on this. No, no, no. He can't play that course at all. You can't have him on that team. How dare you guys go? And then he won't talk to the media. Fig jam. Just like him. Coming up next. Josh Getzoff weighs in on golf and the Penguins. It's a Crowley show. Let's see if Josh gets off the pot. Bad joke. Oh, no.
I was early. Yeah, I just ask my wife. Happens all the time. Tim Benz is now on the Colin Dunlap train. He thinks Phil should have spoken, talked, whatever. I can see where you're coming from. I also just don't care. So when we talk to Tim Benz coming up in 38 minutes here on the show, I am not going to bring that up. I don't feel like talking about it. Come on. I don't feel like talking about it. You have to bring it up. Seriously. Uh, I don't feel like talking about it. We're all tired of the story. Trust me. I'm done with it. I got to hear where Tim's coming from. And I I think I know. He's got his job to do. That's Tim's game. Tim yes. likes getting the athlete to talk. Yes. That's what he does. Yes. And if they talk enough, they fall into Tim's web. They then do. He, then he vampires the hell out of them. He sucks their blood right out. And he turns that blood into takes. I get why a broadcaster or a journalist, somebody who covers the team, would want him to talk because it makes their job easier. But I haven't gotten this huge outcry from fans that they need to know What's going on with Phil from Phil's own mouth? I think I spelled it out pretty damn good in the last segment. If Jim Rutherford says he's hurt, he's hurt. And if Mike Sullivan says he's not, it's because Mike Sullivan's always tight-lipped. I found it out. I cracked the code. You don't need to hear it right from the mouth of Phil Kessel. But I guess I'm overruled. I'll talk to Tim about it. And it's probably the better broadcast choice to talk about the hot topic with Tim. But I don't want to. I'm doing it under protest. How about that? So as long as you do it, it's yeah, fine. Yeah, you can do it under protest. Now, do I have to file paperwork for that, or can I just say it? You've you've noted the uh, important people, the people who matter, and uh, we've agreed to it. So it's not like Michael Scott, where he goes, "I declare bankruptcy." <laughs> I could just say it. Yep. And, okay. Okay. Yeah. We're good then. You're, you're good. We're fine. Right, just make sure you do it. Okay. Can you hear from Josh Getzoff coming up in five? He had something to do. So he says. What's he doing? I'll tell you what he's doing. Yesterday, I asked him at like 7.30 in the morning. It was probably too early on my part, but I asked him around 7.30 if he wants to come on the show, right? And I get a text from him about 3.56. Hey, man, sorry I missed this. If you still need me, I'm good. If not, sorry. And now he pushes his hit back a little bit today. Hmm. So what I think is happening, and maybe I have to switch to Tim's opinion now, Hmm. I think Phil Kessel set a bad example for young Josh Getzoff, and Getzoff now is not wanting to talk to the media. And I think the hot topic around town now should be is, why is Josh Getzoff not talking to the media? Why? We need answers. Should we call Sullivan or Rutherford? I mean, they'll probably say that he's not hurt. Yeah, I think, at least Solly will. It's a long season for Getzoff. First time he's yeah. done play-by-play. He was out on the road a bunch. He's probably nicked up a little bit, but that's no excuse yeah. not to perform right now. He's got a few bumps and bruises, but nothing any of the other uh, broadcasters uh, went through. All right, give me a call. 412-922-2874. Do you find it as egregious as I do that Josh Getzoff's not talking to the media? I haven't seen him on with the morning show. I haven't seen him on with Madden. I haven't seen him talk on national radio or with the Canadians. He's gone tight-lipped. Everybody's concentrating on Kessel, mm-hmm. and he just flew right under the red. He's going mum. Yeah. We're on to something. He's locking it down. Yeah. I don't respect it. Oh, he better not push it back for the next one. Now, if he pushes it back again, well, then we really know what's going on. Yeah, we got it. We got a scoop. I mean, we got a, we got a theory right now. 
you don't want to get on my bad side, I'll tell you what. 700% ratings increase, Year of Excellence 2.0. I can poison your name in this town, Buster. I can make or break you, gets off. I'll make them all hate you. We miss Bob Grove. We miss Bob Grove. I gave you that job, and I will take it away. All right, we all got to tweet at him, right? Where's Bob Grove? Bob Grove wouldn't skip out on me. No, Bob's. He wouldn't? Oh, Bob does not miss Neither would Langer. Nope, not at all. I mean, true pros. Even with the bumps and bruises. No, they're, they're schooled of playoff hockey. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Jake Gensel played in the playoffs for the first time last year, and he scored a whole bunch of goals. His second playoff performance this year, he scored a whole bunch of goals. This is Getzoff's third time through the playoffs, and now he doesn't want to talk to the media. I don't get it. We'll get to the bottom of it. Tom, get a breaking news sounder ready, please. And by get it ready, I mean play it. We interrupt our regularly scheduled program for this breaking news update on ESPN Pittsburgh. The Steelers signed former Florida State University linebacker Matthew Thomas today, undrafted free agent. What? I know. You're kidding. Matthew? They signed him? Shazier replacement? What? The Steelers? The guy from the draft? What? He's undrafted, but I think he's a diamond in the rough. This Matthew Thomas. Played at Florida State. High pedigree. They had a bad year, but the expectations were high. I'm sure he lived up to them. In fact, they lost not because of his play, but in spite of his play. Big news. All right, call gets off now. We're close enough. Let's see if he answers the phone. Yeah, he's avoiding us like he's Phil Kessel. Put the ring on the air so we can surprise him in case he tries That's to get out. That's true. Yeah. That's true. That's true. Push him through. Yeah, that way he doesn't be like, hey, I got it. I need a few more minutes. That way we're talking to him directly. Yeah, it can't happen that way. Yeah. You know, we got we to gotta rope him in. We're trapping him. We are. That's radio, baby. Yeah, that's how you get your guests. Can't be skipping out. Try to you try to pass the time on us and get away with not doing an interview. We'll trap you. Gets off? Hello? Josh? Do we got you? All right, call him the regular way. (laughs) (laughs) That worked and it didn't work. I mean, if we do it that way, then he can't get off the phone. I hope he knows that we're just joshing (laughs) with him. Josh, we got you, buddy. Oh, Oh, there it is. Uh, Phones ring first before they pick up. Yeah. He'll know it's us. Josh, it's Crowley. How are you? Hey, what's up, man? You good to go? Yeah, I'm good to go. All right, we're we're you're not going to like the way that this has been going for the last five minutes, but we we got to clear the air here. You ready for it? Okay, what's up? Phil Kessel skips out on the media, and then you yesterday you don't respond to my text, and you don't come on the show, <laughs> and then today you push everything back, and we're just thinking, Josh, you don't want to talk to the media today. Oh, are you, oh, are you? Are you uh... Are you putting me in a position to pull a Phil Kessel or something like that right now? Is that what you're saying? I think you did pull a Phil Kessel, and now we're calling you on it like we're calling Dunlap, baby. (laughs) Oh, man. Am I on the air right now? Yeah, you're on the air. Oh, I love it. That's awesome. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) 
I'm thinking to myself, this is definitely live right now, so I'm glad I thought that. And uh, Yeah, sorry for not getting back to you yesterday. Honest mistake. That's uh, excuses. Uh, my phone. You know, you're, you, you, you hit the star <laughs> in your phone in the contacts. Adam Crowley pops up, so I apologize for that. All right, since I'm such a star, I, I, will, I appreciate your apology. Uh, Josh, yesterday in the locker room, what stood out most to you? Uh, I think um, amongst the players, it was more of just a disappointment, obviously, that they were still wrapping their heads around everything. So at the same time, I think some optimism, because you look at this roster, Adam, and obviously, you know, Jim Rutherford said yesterday there are going to changes. The team's going to be different next year, and I believe that, and I think he definitely will uh, make some changes to this team to make them better uh, for next year. But when you look at the contract situation, you have to assume there still will be a large portion of this roster coming back, uh, and that's not a bad thing. And I think a lot of guys were optimistic about having a summer, uh, quote-unquote, to actually be able to you know, rest their bodies a bit, get themselves back into shape, and uh, get themselves going for next year and have that across the lineup with guys dealing with injuries, uh, although not specified. Um, and then, you know, other aspects to what was going on for the team this year, some guys battling it as far as the mental game and, and the overall games. And I think that everyone's probably looking forward to, you know, taking a deep breath. They'd obviously rather still be playing, but taking a deep breath and going back at it next year and knowing that this window is not closing anytime soon. This team's still going to be very competitive and probably one of the top handful of teams in the league next season. I get where they're coming from. If I got fired, I'd be pissed, but then I'd probably sit around for three weeks and drink beer on my deck. So uh, I understand where they're coming from from that perspective. Uh, Josh, here's my thought on Phil Kessel. When you've got the general manager who's always candid, and you know, you do the GMJR show, and he says that Phil's been dealing with stuff, then I believe him. And if Mike Sullivan downplays it, then I still believe the general manager because Mike Sullivan tends to downplay those things all the time. Everything that he does seems to have a purpose, not unlike Jim, but I think differently. So I do think Phil was hurt. He's played well in the playoffs the last couple of years. I'm not going to totally absolve him for his play because of it, but I do think that that's a large reason why he wasn't the same guy this year. I, I mean, I think he definitely was battling something. I agree with Jim, and, and you're right. Uh, Sullivan's never been one to disclose injuries. I mean, he's, it, he doesn't have to, honestly. He doesn't have to really let us know more than we need to know. And um, when, when you look at what uh, Rutherford said yesterday, I think that that didn't surprise anybody. There are a couple games that kind of come to mind for me as far as maybe situations where Kessel could have been hurt. I, I remember he took a slash to the hand against Montreal uh, towards the end of the regular season in a game in Pittsburgh and uh, seemed to also get dinged up a bit in a game in Carolina that actually was the night they acquired Derek Broussard uh, in late February. So those are two games in my mind that I kind of look at as if you're, if you're trying to find situations when there may have been injuries, uh, those could have been it. But at the same time, you know, Phil is a, a guy who clearly he takes a lot of pride in that Ironman streak. He wasn't going to come out of the lineup. He was going to play through the injury uh, and whatever he was dealing with. And even if it was minor, it obviously was enough to hamper him to the point that his game did not look right because anyone who watched the series knew that there was something off with him. And I, I, you know, it wasn't, I don't think, a lack of effort. I think it was was simply he was battling through injuries, as everyone is this time of year, and it has its effect differently on different guys, and clearly it impacted him in a a big way, and uh, it was disappointing to see. As you mentioned, you don't absolve him from that because of the fact that he was injured. He he certainly could have produced more. The Penguins obviously could have used the production at a better level, but uh, with that being said, uh, you hope that he's another one of those guys that maybe has an opportunity to rest up a bit here in the coming weeks and comes back next year building off what was a career year this season. Josh Getzoff, media avoider, joining us here on the Crowley Show. 
Chris Letang certainly did not avoid the media uh, yesterday. I thought he was uh, as honest as he's ever been in, in a Penguins uniform, saying he wants to remain in that uniform and saying that he thought that things would get better at the beginning portion of the season, and they just didn't. Uh, I thought that that kind of honesty was refreshing, and, I mean, I buy it. I do think that this offseason can do that guy a hell of a lot of good. I do, too, and I think it's pretty, you know, it was refreshing the last couple times he spoke, uh, obviously before Game 6, kind of owning his mistakes there in Game 5, and then yesterday just being, as you mentioned, candid, kind of admitting that, he didn't expect it to be that hard to come back from the neck surgery. And, you know, I give Chris Letang a lot of credit because anyone who's, who's seen him off the ice and knows a lot about him is this is a guy who lives and breathes by working out. I mean, he's one of the last guys off every practice. He lives in the gym. He's a workout machine. Um, and I think when you, when you take that away from a guy for a summer, when their biggest workout time is, as far as off-ice conditioning is concerned, as he did last summer after the neck surgery, uh, it takes a lot away from him. And it takes some time to come back and, and earn that on the ice. Now, that doesn't mean that what happened to him in the playoffs and the p- plays he make, I think, go away. I mean, those were, those were bad mistakes. Call them for what they were. They, they costed the Penguins dearly. He admitted as much. Um, but with that being said, I think a big summer of training from Chris Letang and fi- figuring out better ways to adapt with uh, this post-surgery that he's had this year and, and having a summer of being able to, you know, get those ways in, in line and skate and, and do what he needs to do to get himself back on track could go a long way for him. And I actually I, I really expect him to come back and have a really strong year next year. Uh, I think that this is a guy still, when you look at him, and Mike Sullivan said it as much, he's one of the – when he's playing his game in a simpler way, he is one of the best defensemen in the NHL. He has gotten out of his – zone a lot this year and and he'd be the first to admit that as we heard the last couple days uh but i think if he can find a way to reel it back in going into next season he's gonna do him well i mean he's a he's a super talented player and he's obviously extremely skilled uh, as far as a skater is concerned and he just needs to you know get back to what made him chris letang next season i think he will i really do think this coaching staff and him have a good communication basis and there'll obviously be a lot of that throughout the summer and i expect him to come back and have a really strong bounce back season next year Josh, man, I do appreciate you coming on as much as you did uh, over the course of the year, man. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, I, I appreciate it, and hopefully we'll get a chance to do it again here soon uh, if you just stop dodging my calls and texts. I mean, I, I guess what I'll do next year is remove the do not disturb thing next to your name, um, and then we can <laughs> roll from there, if that works. Uh, you, now you're sounding like the Penguins contradicting yourself, <laughs> like Sullivan and Rutherford. You said there was a star, and now it's a do not disturb. i got to get out of here while I can. <laughs> thanks a lot, buddy. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, Adam. I'll talk to you soon. All right, be good. There he goes. Josh gets off of the Penguins Radio Network, media avoider, even though he's part of the media. I mean, he should understand you know what it seems like at the end of every uh, season? It's almost like the end of like school. You know, you're saying bye to him. You know, you won't see him for a few months. It's almost like I'm gonna miss Josh for a few months here. Oh, Josh is the man. Yeah. I think he did a great job on the play-by-play, and I mean that. Oh, insane job! So good. <sighs> Just when the show ends, it's seven o'clock. So I'm listening to the first ten minutes of every game in the car, and really freaking impressive. So yeah, I mean Lang is Lang. He's a legend, yeah. and, and you can't not love him. You love everything he does. But if you if at some point you do have to replace a legend, Getzoff is the guy you want to replace him with. Yeah, one hundred percent. Hell yeah, so good. And we like having him on. Hopefully, it ha- continues. I might have a little man crush on Getzoff. Yeah, me too. Yeah. 
Not as big as Katie's crush, though. Real crush. Is she in there? She is. Okay, good. I knew that. I wanted to hit her with that one. <laughs> Coming up next. Something. It's a Crowley show. Bud Light Lime and Bud Light Orange are brewed with real lime and orange peels. If this were a TV commercial, we'd show you the peels looking all refreshing. They would bounce around the screen, spritzing and splashing in slow motion. They would look so good, and you're so thirsty. You'd probably drop whatever you're doing to go buy a six-pack. But this is a radio commercial, so we can't show you any pictures. New for summer, Bud Light Lime and Bud Light Orange. Brewed with real citrus peels. Anheuser-Busch Bud Light Lime-flavored beer and Bud Light Orange-flavored lager beer in Texas, St. Louis, Missouri. Oh, Jesus. You gotta stop. Really, man? It's all day with that. What are you talking about? You gotta change your diet or something. I don't know what's going on. It's gross. And you're like unapologetic. How many times do you eat chili a week? Me? Yes. Sounds like every day. (laughs) I got my baby back, baby back, baby back, baby back, baby back. Come on, what are we doing next? I got my baby back, baby back. dude on Twitter who said, name a reason why somebody blocked slash unfollowed you. And I replied to him with a picture of Tom, Brian, and myself in diapers. I don't know why anybody would block you. That's for an that. unfair reason to block you. Yeah, I thought we all looked good. Yeah, we did look good. Who are we kidding? Nah. Oh, we looked hot. Yeah. Also, we can, we can pull off a diaper. I'd prefer you keep it on. Also on Twitter, Phil Mickelson is moonlighting as a Jiffy Lube technician, an enterprise employee, or a waiter at an upscale joint. 55% of the audience says an enterprise employee. This is because he's dressed like all those things at the Players' Championship. At TPCPP PPSC Sawgrass. I think I'd go for Jiffy Loop Technician, though. I do. Yeah. I kind of had a late entry thought. Kind of looks like a Colligan man, too. Colligan? Colligan. You know the water guys who bring the water in the uh, in the, point. in the buckets? Or the whatever they call those things, like the jugs. Like, yeah, the jugs. We allowed to say jugs? Yeah, yeah. Talking, talking about jugs about, of water. Yeah, yeah. Jugs oh, of water, oh, not oh, like oh, boobs. Oh. Okay, can't say jugs when you like talking about boobs, right? Just water. But I think he looks like that. Oh like, my god! I have to tweet this. What? He looks more like a Colian man than anything else. Oh. Huh. I've got that's the definitive. I thought one. You had something bigger. Yeah, I thought it was. Yeah. Scared us, man. I thought like something was breaking there. I'm on it. I realize it's tough to do a radio well, show. I was just gonna say, you know, you have to do uh, a radio show. You're on like, the air right you now. had five minutes of a break right there to like tweet. Yeah, but tweet during the break. I was texting gets off. Do radio show during the radio show. Just trying to make sure we're cool. We really raked him over the coals in that last segment. You did, not me and Tom. I guess that's true. Now he's avoiding me. He came on though. We had to trap him, but he came on. Have we come on too strong, do you think? No, no. I think Josh likes us. I really do. Okay. I think so. I think I'm pretty sure he said at one point that we're his favorite show 
that he's ever gone on. Cause, and, he, and he did say that uh, the cheese teases are his favorite thing on Twitter. That much I know. Yeah, so I think he likes us. Okay. Josh gets off. Big fan of the Adam Crowley show. Gets off, gets us. I've been getting ripped a lot these last couple of days. Not on alcohol, but just like ripped on Twitter. And Tim Benz will join us coming up, speaking of a guy who does the ripping in about 14 minutes. I've been ripped because I have given the Penguins the benefit of the doubt for this loss. Sometimes you run into a better team. Sometimes you run into a hungrier team. Sometimes you're dealing with injuries. Sometimes you don't have the goods, and sometimes they do. You got to judge them on this year, not on years past. No, I don't have to do that. And so on and so forth. Getting blowed up on Twitter. Former Steelers PR man and great dude, Ryan Scarpino, tweeted about how the Penguins always seem to get the benefit of the doubt, and when the Steelers lose, they don't. I think that was kind of a shot at me, because I'm one of the guys who has given the Penguins the benefit of the doubt this time around. But I think that that narrative is completely false, that only the Penguins get piled on when they're not doing well, or pardon me, the Steelers get piled on when they're not doing well, and the Penguins don't. I think it's wrong. Think about all the times that the Penguins coaching staff has been yanked through the ringer over the last decade. When they didn't win in 2011, everyone gave them a pass because Crosby and Malkin were hurt. In 2012, though, they didn't get a pass, and they didn't deserve to get a pass. They got destroyed by Philadelphia. They were down three games to nil. Uh, Crosby's getting in fights. Malkin's going to the penalty box. Chris Letang is going to the penalty box. It was a disaster. And we ripped them for it. Just like I ripped the Penguins in 2013. When they lost to Boston in four games, and it never should have gone down like that. Just like I ripped the Penguins in 2014 when they blew a three games to one series lead against the New York Rangers. Just like I ripped on general manager Jim Rutherford in 2015 when he was only playing with five defensemen down the stretch. I've been critical of the Penguins when they've needed to be reprimanded. And we saw Dan Bilesma get fired. We saw Jim Rutherford come in. We saw Ray Shiro get fired, and we saw Mike Johnson get canned. Why? Because the Penguins didn't live up to expectations, and the media outcry was so that they needed to get rid of the upper management. So to say the Penguins haven't been criticized when they've done poorly is just false. The Penguins have gotten crushed. Marc-Andre Fleury, who is now everyone's best friend, was getting murdered in 2012. He was getting destroyed. People were going to set his lawn on fire because he sucked against Philadelphia. The reason the Penguins aren't getting the over-the-top criticism consistently right now is because they won the Cup the last two years. And that's fair. I'd also argue that there are still people who are bitching and moaning. And not just fans, but guys like Ron Cook and Chris Muller. I have a lot of respect for Muller. As for Ron Cook, what's he trying to do? Stir the pot. And he read the room wrong because usually he likes to stir the pot in the direction that everyone else is stirring. But he writes an article, a headline, or pardon me, a column with the headline that says, the Penguins will take this loss to their grave. That seems like criticism to me. What Chris wrote seems like criticism to me. Tim Benz wrote something for Breakfast with Benz, he'll join me in 10 minutes, saying that you have to separate the last two championships from the failures of this team. They're getting criticized. They're just not getting criticized all that much by me. 
hell are you guys laughing about? Nothing, man. Uh, no, we're just doing the show. Hey. We're just uh, we're working some things out. Go you're, you're rolling. Keep going. Uh, yeah, Katie yeah, walks we're... in here and she distracts Tom. Yeah, no, we're trying to do. Uh, me and Tom were communicating, just doing some off air stuff. Yeah, just gonna slide on into our conversation the way that that Channel Eleven guys slide into the DMs. Channel Eleven. What? That could have been any channel. There's a lot of Channel 11s. Yeah. Channel 2, it could have been. Channel 4. As a TV news guy. Weather, maybe? Not news. Sports? Doesn't matter. Not weather. I think it was weather. Anyway. Not weather. Usually, it derails the show in a positive fashion. You know what? I kind of feel like I deserve the blame here, though. Yeah, you do. You guys were just complaining, or not complaining, uh, contemplating something, and I just jumped all over you. Yeah, I mean, we're actually, like, working on the show here. We do have things off the air to take care of, and, like, it's it's your job to stay undistracted. Yeah, you sound paranoid, honestly. Yeah. Like, man. we're talking about you. We're, we're not. Are. What are you guys What are you guys cooking up over there? Just working on some stuff. Uh, I'm just going to say that... It's not for air yet. Uh, I'm just going to say that whenever you guys both respond that it has nothing to do with me, it only makes me think that it has everything to do with me. No, it has nothing to do with you. It's not, with the nothing. show, not you specifically. We're just working on some things on the show. You don't need to know them yet. We'll talk to you during the break. Just, we're always just creating. Do your show. We're always <laughs> creating, okay? Just like, Tom, you got some music ready here. Go back to one of the bumpers, please, so we can get him reset. I just feel a little blindsided. You're not at all. Sure, the Penguins deserve some kind of criticism. And I've criticized them a little bit, but I think I'm in the camp that's defending them, obviously more so than maybe anybody else because of what they've done the last two years. Stan and Guy were being critical of the team earlier on today here on ESPN Pittsburgh, noon until 2, and Guy said he's not going to give him a pass because Backstrom was out and Burkowski was out and Tom Wilson was out, and okay, that's fine if that's the way you want to handle it. But I don't like where we are as a sports society, and really as a society, and it just boils down here to this in sports, where you have to criticize something always. That's the only way you're allowed to fill airtime. And really, standing guy aren't who I'm attacking here. I'm really not attacking anyone. But Ron Cook and Chris Muller and Benji and some others, they're talking about how you can criticize this team. And okay, fine. But why does there always have to be criticism? Why can't we credit Washington for what they did? Why can't I just be happy with what happened the last two years and not care so much that they lost this year? Uh, they won the championship in two straight years. They were going to lose at some point. They were. And whether they lost to an undermanned team or not was going to be a question, depending on who they lost to. But if they beat Washington, were they really going to beat Tampa? Obviously not. They weren't good enough to beat Washington. So, what's the big deal? Why can't we just let them have a summer without the criticism? Why can't we just say, ah, two out of three, like Meatloaf said, ain't bad? Because that's where I come down. 412-922-2874. Seriously, you guys, you were talking about me, though? No, we weren't. No, I feel like you were. All. No. No. Not we even were a little do- bit. We were doing show business. You don't need to know about it yet. We'll we'll talk about it during the break. We're a holy triumvirate. This it's, show. On, it's honestly beneath you. 
Yeah. You I don't mean, need to know about it because no. it's below your pay grade. Right. Oh. We that's we're here to support the show and we were supporting yeah. the show exactly. behind the scenes. So I mean I mean it's nothing about you, man. That's Brian Lamartina talking right now. Just, yeah, Tom behind the glass. Just making the show better. Oh, so you're saying it's not going well enough? No, it's good. No, no, no. I mean, oh my gosh. You can always get better though. Yeah, I mean there's always room for improvement. I'm fig jam. I wouldn't go that far. I'm great at this. I don't need any improvement. I don't need your notes. Settle down. Talk to me. Don't talk to each other. You were doing a show. I blew this whole segment up. Pretty much. I destroyed it. Yeah, you. I mean, like, full disclosure. Like, <laughs> I railroaded Transparency it. here. Like, yeah, that went off the rails. Yeah, and what it, happened? And it was all your fault. What happened? What do you mean? I mean, why were you guys talking behind my back? We weren't. It was my fault. Yeah, it was. We'll it, get back on track with Benzie. Bad on you. Breakfast with Benz. We were doing our job. Coming up next. You couldn't handle it. It's a Crowley show. I'm with you. And you know what? That's an even better point than your cheese teeth today. And that's saying something because your cheese teases are unbelievable. Thank and you, sir. And they're my favorite thing on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, but-